Hello, welcome to Kiara Gets Drunk and Talks About Music. Today, we are talking about Babel by Mumford & Sons, released in 2012 under Island and Glass Note Records. And my guest is nobody, because we are right smack dab in the middle of self-isolation. Um, unless you've been living under a rock for, you know, the past month and a half, obviously a global pandemic was declared. I'm sorry for starting this off on such a negative note, but that is essentially why there is no guest today in an effort to practice some social distancing. Um, the next few episodes will be done with just me alone. So you guys get a whole lot of me. Oh boy. I'm just as nervous as you are. We have no idea how this is going to go, but Let's pretend like it's all going to be okay. Since I don't have a guest today, I figured I would tell you guys a little bit more about myself since we never really got the chance to get formally introduced. I feel like the podcast kind of started and I kind of ran with it. A um, little bit about me. I'm 26 years old. I moved to Toronto about a year and a half ago and I'm obsessed with it. I love it. Um, some of the things that I really enjoy. This sounds like my dating profile. Interesting. That's where my mind went. But some of the things I really enjoy, um, obviously music is my number one, live music especially. I love going to shows, especially smaller gigs, places like the Horseshoe Tavern, Danforth Music Hall are some of my favorite places to be in the entire world. I also just love listening to records. I am a big fan of drag race and drag brunch and all things related to drag queens. I'm a huge fan of booze. Again, I'm really listing the obvious here. I'm trying to think what else is interesting about me that you might not already know. Oh, okay. Here's something. I have have a long list of irrational fears. I'm afraid of a lot of random things, um, namely my parents' soda stream. I'm terrified of the soda stream. I don't like to get too close to it because I'm afraid when you pressurize it, it's going to explode. I am afraid of when you stretch elastic bands too far and they snap on you. I am afraid of falling in the shower. I'm also afraid of ice skating because I am worried that I'm going to fall on the ice and someone's going to skate over my hand and cut off my fingers. I'm afraid of heights, which is a pretty normal one but I also have very specific fears like falling down a set of stairs um being pushed over a balcony those kinds of things so now that we've gotten to know each other a little bit I am going to also just say I really hope that everybody is staying safe in social isolation this is a very weird time that we're living in right now and all I wish is that everybody is listening to this from the comfort of their homes please stay home we are all doing our best here to make sure that the coronavirus or COVID-19 does not get spread, especially to some of our more vulnerable populations. So please do your best to stay home. You can do pretty much everything that you like to do from home, whether that's working out or reading a book or even listening to music. If you want some things to do, head over to the Kiara Gets Drunk Instagram and I'll try and post some suggestions of cool um, live videos for you guys to check out, maybe some cool documentaries to watch, cool books to read to keep us all busy and occupied while we are also being safe. So without further ado, why don't we start talking about Babel? So the artist that we're talking about today, you guys, is Mumford & Sons. If you've never heard of Mumford & Sons, I will give you a little bit of background on who they are. They are a four-piece folk rock band from West London. The namesake member is Marcus Mumford. Oh, messed it up already. Guys, it's just me here and I already messed it up. The namesake lead member is Marcus Mumford and he is on lead vocals, guitar, and he also plays the drums. Their other members include Ben Lovett, who plays keyboards, Winston Marshall on electric guitar and banjo, and Ted Duane on bass. So they got their start in the late 2000s 
fans after touring with folk artists and playing some small shows in the UK. They performed at Glastonbury in 2008. In 2009, they were signed to Island Records, and their first album called Sigh No More was released in October 2009. And the singles here were Little Lion Man, Winter Winds, The Cave, and Roll Away Your Stone. Obviously, the most successful track off that album was Little Lion Man. You probably know it. It sold 2.2 million copies and was nominated for Rock Song of the Year at the Grammys. Their sophomore record, which is the record we're talking about today, called Babel, came out in September 2012, and it was the fastest selling album of the year in the UK. And what I found interesting when I was doing my research was the songs that were recorded for Babel are interesting because the band had the chance to really test out the new material on the tour. So their own private record label is called Gentlemen of the Road, and I felt like that name really encapsulates what this record is about because they were able to kind of go city to city, play different songs from Babel. Some of them made it onto the record, some of them obviously didn't. But what I like is that it's a tour diary of their time together. It's literally a tour diary of the gentleman of the road. And the word Babel is actually a Hebrew word and it's a verb um, meaning to jumble or to confuse. And it can also be used to describe a group of confused noises or voices. And I feel like bands on tour would uh, resonate with the idea of Babel. The singles off this album were I Will Wait, Lover of the Light, Whispers in the Dark, Babel title track and Hopeless Wanderer which has an amazing music video which we're going to talk about a little bit later. The album itself was the second biggest debut in the US just second to Taylor Swift's album Red and it was nominated for eight Grammys that year. Altogether the band has won Brit Awards. They've been nominated for the UK Mercury Prize. They've had 14 Grammy nominations and one win for album of the year for the album we're talking about today which is Babel. So they say that drinking alone is the new drinking with people. And when I say they, I mean, you know, the collective they, which means me, which means maybe it's not great to drink alone, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. In times of social isolation, it's important to stay home. It's important to be safe. So I'm drinking alone. And the cocktail that I've made for myself tonight is called a Crown Rose. Uh, and this is a nod to the track on, to one of the tracks, sorry, on the album Babel called Broken Crown. If you want to make one and you also want to drink by yourself, no one's going to judge you here. This is a judgment-free zone. You need two shots of Crown Royal, a shot of lemon juice, and a half a shot of grenadine. Combine all of that with a shaker filled with ice and you can pour it into a chilled glass. And it's very fancy. Um, I say very fancy because, you know, since I've been alone at home, a glass of wine is like, woohoo. Okay, so this is the point in the podcast where I would ask my guest about their first impressions of the album. Since I don't have anybody to talk to except me, I will tell you my first impressions of the album and uh, about my relationship with Mumford & Sons. My relationship with the band goes way back to when I was in high school. I think the first time I heard their songs was when I was in grade 9, grade 10. Um, and I started listening to them uh, at the persistence of one of my best friends, um, Indrita, who I met in grade 9. And she was always very in tune with the indie rock scene. I always went to her for my music record recommendations. She was the one who introduced me to people like Lana Del Rey and The Strokes and obviously Mumford and Sons before they were super mainstream. And I remember her telling me this story of how she was like watching a movie and she heard this song and then she did some research and found out it was this band called Mumford and Sons and the song was called The Cave and she was obsessed with it and she showed it to me and then I became obsessed with it and I was like this is amazing. But when I was in high school I wasn't as uh, big into, not that I wasn't as big into music as I am now, but uh, I don't think I was as all consuming as it is uh, in my life now. So I didn't really like make an effort to go out of my way to listen to Mumford and Sons, um, especially because I wasn't into the folk scene. Um, 
in high school was where I really started to experiment when it came to my music tastes, but um, I've always been pretty open, so I was really like excited to learn about a new genre of music. What really drew me in, though, to this band in particular was Marcus Mumford's voice. Um, I found it so recognizable and so distinct, and there's very few people, I feel like, who have that same kind of, you know, quality where you hear a song and you're automatically like, oh, okay, this is them, like Caleb Followell from Kings of Leon. Every time Caleb Followell sings, I, I know it's him. What I what I really appreciate, though, about Mumford & Sons is that they really pushed me to start listening to other folk groups. Um, I got into bands like The Staves and The Lumineers, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros, and The Strombellas because of Mumford & Sons. And I was listening to them all through my high school career. So when I was in the 12th grade, Andrita and I, along with our friends Mike and Andre, we actually went to Hamilton and we saw them on the Sino More tour at Cops Coliseum. And they were so great live. Um, I haven't, I've only seen them live the one time, but uh, I can imagine that they're just as good now as they were, you know, in 2011, 2012, whatever that was. Um, and I really fell in love with them even more. And it made me anticipate and be so excited for their follow-up album, um, which came out when, uh, just as I was about to go into university. So it was kind of perfect timing. More recently, I've definitely fallen out of love with Mumford & Sons. Listening to them now, like prepping for this episode, I was surprised at how well I think I remembered a lot of the words because it's Babel, it's not a record that I listen to a lot anymore. I think it's because too, after Babel, they went, uh, they did a, a 180. If you remember their 2015 album, called Wilder Mind. They really went in a in a rock direction. It was much heavier. Um, and I really respect the fact that they took a huge risk, but it just wasn't for me. Don't get me wrong. I like rock. I like heavy stuff, but it just didn't fit for me. I was really used to their folksy roots and that's really wanted, what I wanted them to focus on. But again, that was not where they wanted to go. So that's fine. So I haven't really stuck with them since Babel. Um, but going back and listening, I was like, ah, I remember why I fell in love with them. Like this, this makes total sense. Um, and this album was literally peak obsession for me. So, um, I'm very excited to talk to you guys about it today and I'm very excited to especially get into the, some of my favorite songs in the record. So we're going to do that right now. For anyone who's still listening and is not bored of the sound of my voice yet, thank you for sticking with it this far. I also have an update. The Crown Rose cocktail is delicious and, uh, it tastes like Sour Patch Kids. That's what I'm going to liken it to. It is quite good. So if you're a fan of candy, specifically Sour Patch Kids, the Maynard's family of products, man, you will like this cocktail. But it is time to talk about some of the songs that I really like. I'm so used to saying some of the songs we really like. This is also very weird for me. This whole time, I don't know about you guys, this whole time is just strange as fuck. Like, I, I went down to the lakeshore the other day and... Trillium Park was closed and for those of you who don't know Trillium Park is formerly Ontario Place and they've built walking paths there and I was like this is just weird and there's like signs and it's like stay, stay six feet apart from people you go to the grocery stores now and it's six feet apart and it's all measures that should be in place it's keeping us safe but it just feels like a movie it feels like contagion I don't like it but I also know it's important to go outside so I do it it's just it's got it's just weird guys it's just weird Anyways, that was my that was my COVID tangent, and uh, I'm going to start talking about the record now, actually. The first song that I wanted to talk about, my favorite song off the record, I'm going to say it's Ghosts That We Knew. This song is one that, in going back and listening to Babel, I was able to remember the most. Um, it makes it basically onto every chill, quiet playlist that I make. What I like about this song is when I listen to it, I can feel the painful part of the song I can feel the really sad part of the song but the real message of the song is having somebody beside you whether that's you know a friend whether that's a loved one whether that's uh, a significant other having somebody to care for you through the dark times and to 
love you in spite of those dark times and help you get through it. And in the first verse of the song, he Marcus Mumford sings, you saw no faults, no cracks in my heart, and you knelt beside my hope torn apart. So he's saying like, you're here with me and you you don't see maybe all the flaws that I see in myself and you're sticking with me by it. Like you literally knelt beside me. You came down to my level or you came down to this dark place that I'm in with me and, and you're going to stick with me through it. And near the end of that verse is when he also says, just promise me we'll be all, we'll be all right. And I think we've all had those moments where you don't know when the the shitty times are going to be over and um, what gets you through it and what makes everything kind of worth it, I'm going to say, is knowing that you have somebody to pull you out and knowing that you have people in your life who care enough to be there with you and to almost suffer with you and help you through it and then bring you out on the other side. So it's very hopeful in that sense as well. And the title itself, you know, Ghosts That We Knew, it's alluding to something in your past your demons or your or the darkness it's it's gone like he says in the ghosts that we knew will flicker from view and will live a long life so anything that you think has been holding you back up until this moment or anything that's been causing you pain to this moment that's that's part of you and that's part of your past but you won't see them in the same you won't see them as harshly and you won't see them as clearly anymore as you once did i definitely get chills every time i listen to this song um it's a great song to listen to by candlelight which i have learned again in social isolation i own the babel uh, vinyl and in listening to it i've found that like i'll turn my lights down and i've got like uh i've got some fairy lights inside and I'll like have candles going and listening to this album in that sense and getting to this song was like ah okay like as again as sad as it is and as tough it is tough as it is to listen to and I think during certain times of your life might be tougher um it's also like no you know what like you can get through this and you're gonna have somebody by your side who's also gonna help you through it so definitely one of my favorite songs on the record for your information it is also uh, available for your listening pleasures on the self-isolation nation playlist that I have made available on apple music and spotify so please check it out um, to keep you company during these weird times so I'm gonna switch gears a little bit and I'm gonna talk about hopeless wanderer um as i mentioned off the top this has one of my favorite music videos of all time um the song itself is great i i'm I'm not going to talk too much about the song the the song i get into and i get fired up when i hear it because in my head i'm playing the music video for it for anybody who hasn't seen it uh, it stars jason bateman jason sudeikis will forte and ed helms and they all play members of the mumford and sons band so jason sudeikis for example plays marcus mumford um and he like looks exactly like him it's like really freaky and they just kind of embrace everything that they might have been made fun of for so they're singing in like a barn and they all have their instruments and there's like you know like um the the very modern farmhousey type lights that are like blinking and there's like them walking in a field and they're like crying they're in a canoe in the lake and there's a part where Jason Sudeikis and Will Forte just like singing and they look into each other's eyes and then they just like French so hard and it's so funny like it's it's great because the band clearly was like this is these are all of these are all of the stereotypes about folk music and hipster music that we're gonna harness and make fun of ourselves for and laugh at ourselves so I really appreciated that they were able to do that it's kind of like a rough around the edges folksy type track uh it starts off very like traditional folksy and then it goes into this part um in like the pre-chorus chorus more so the chorus where he goes like hold me fast hold me fast because I'm a hopeless wanderer and it's um 
It's interesting that I am so comfortable singing out loud to my guests when they're here, but not when I'm by myself. That's weird. Let's not unpack that right now. But uh, they they kind of like, again, they start off slow. The verses get in there and then the chorus comes in and it hits a little bit harder. And then near the end, they're just kind of all like jamming like they're just jamming so hard um and it's messy but it it all works and i really like it and the harmonies in this song are so on point and they play up a lot of the harmony piece in the music video again okay so i'm going to talk about i will wait um big song definitely the biggest song to come off of babel it makes me think about my cousin's wedding so my cousin james got married to his now wife sherry when i was in my first year of university and you know the moment in the reception where they introduced the bride and groom for the first time and they come out and they you know usually enter to a song or they do a dance or whatever the whole bridal party does it they came out to I will wait and so every time I hear the song that's immediately where my mind goes and it makes me so happy because that was such a fun day for them it was such a fun day for our family like I've got a really huge I have a a massive family on my dad's side so uh, it was a great day that we were all able to share and spend some time together and just as soon as you hear it man that banjo hook that comes in in the beginning like it's just it grabs your attention and it does not let go I have a weird obsession with songs that are super pleading and super desperate it's like when you can hear the you can hear that like passion in somebody's voice that I really resonate with and that I love. And so like when Marcus Mumford is singing like, I will wait, I will wait for you. Obviously I'm singing it much gentler, but like he really like puts himself into it. And he's like, no, I will wait for you. Like I'm going to do it. <laughs> That's my impression, by the way, of, of Marcus Mumford. I really should do a British accent because he's very British, but I've done the British accent on the pod before and I've been made fun of for it. This song also really emphasizes the fact that he is such a strong lyricist. Like he's such an amazing songwriter. Even his bridge, I'll read it to you guys. It says, so I'll be bold as well as strong and use my head alongside my heart. So tame my flesh and fix my eyes, a tethered mind free from the lies. And I'm like, whoa, like that's some Margaret Atwood type shit. Like that's great. I'm saying Margaret Atwood because I just read her book of poetry and it's quite good. So I don't know about you guys, but when I listen to this song, I do interpret it as a love song. And again, maybe because of the context of having it be a wedding song for my cousin, I just think about it like he's saying he's going to wait for this perfect person, somebody worth waiting for. Um, But a lot of people have also perceived this as a religious song. And Marcus Mumford grew up with very religious parents. So there's definitely that side of him. And you you hear it in their songs, too, because I think the band has um, an interesting relationship with the whole concept of religion. They see the paradoxical side of it, but they also see the, the grace side of it. I see the religious side. I get it because he talks about kneeling down. He talks about forgiveness. But I think when you're explicitly saying like, I will wait, I will wait for you. It's like, no matter how shitty things are for me right now, where maybe like you're off, you're doing your own thing and you're figuring your life out, but I'll be here when you get back and I will wait for you. And it might be shit up until then, but this is what I'm going to do. So kind of a good segue then into the next song I wanted to talk about just because we were talking about religion. And when I, again, I say we, and I'm saying me plus you guys listening because there's no one else here with me. The song Below My Feet, I feel like also carries the same sort of vibe as I Will Wait in the sense where you can interpret it in different ways but this one I do see the religious aspect a little bit more definitely one of my favorite Mumford and Sons songs ever I remember hearing them play it on SNL I think before the album came out or just around the time the album came out and the main part of the chorus is Marcus Mumford singing keep my eyes to serve and my hands to learn and so when I feel like he's saying keep the earth below my feet he's asking God or whatever he believes in or that he's struggling with he's asking he's asking for help to help him stay grounded and to give him the strength 
strength to stay on this earth and to power through things even when times are tough. One of my favorite lines in this song is he says, for all my sweat, my blood runs weak. And I sat on that song. Oh my God. And I sat on that line for a while. I was kind of like, okay, what does this mean? And then it kind of clicked where I'm like, okay, if you're working so hard and you're like, you know, the whole blood, sweat and tears mentality, maybe it's to become the person that you really want to be like the person that you've always dreamt you're you want to be, but you can't get there. Your quote unquote blood is running weak because then you see yourself as kind of a failure and you do see yourself maybe as a weaker type of person. And I think for me too, uh, you know, on the pod, we did episode eight on a 1975 album and the 1975 have a great track called If I Believe You. And that's about their lead singer, Matt Healy's struggle with religion and how he was open to religion. Um, he wanted to believe in something, but he had so much trouble believing in something. And so putting these two tracks kind of side by side, I, I saw the similarity. I think in a sense, they're both willing to be open to the idea of it, but they're very tentative at the same time. They're like, I need help and I need guidance and I need strength, but maybe this isn't the avenue for me, but maybe it is. I don't really know. It's a really beautifully written song and it's very powerful. Again, like most of their songs, I feel like it starts out and it kind of builds up to this, you know, beautiful point where it's not, it's not like it gets super heavy, but again, Marcus sings with that insane passion that, just can't be faked. Um, and so I'd highly recommend uh, you guys giving it a listen, especially if you're not a Mumford and Sons fan and you've only listened to the singles, like this was obviously not a single. Definitely take a, take a look. I think it's one of their best tracks ever. So we just did a whole episode, uh, episode 17. We talked about Amy Winehouse's sophomore album, Back to Black. We did a whole episode on breakups and how that album was one of the best breakup albums. Um, Mumford and Sons have a great track off this record called Lover's Eyes. And I have a very strong connection to this song because when I saw them live in Hamilton, this is what they opened with. Again, I saw them on the Sign No More tour, but they were testing out their new material for Babel at the time. So they opened with Lover's Eyes and it wasn't a song I knew very well, but I had heard kind of through the grapevine that this song was going to be on the tour. So I had listened to it beforehand so I could at least kind of sing along. And every time I hear the opening, like the dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. it's just like the guitar or whatever and i i'm transported back to cops coliseum immediately um because that's what they walked out to and everybody like lost their shit it was great for me listening to this song it's about you maybe being with somebody who you really care about but it just wasn't the right time and he asks in the song some of the lyrics he says were were we too young our heads too strong to bear the weight of these lovers eyes um so clearly whatever relationship he's talking about happened in his past and it didn't work out and he sings about that as well he says there's no drink or drug i've tried to rid the curse of these lovers eyes and like shit man it's hard to forget people especially when you have a strong connection there's no like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind button that we can just press and remove people from our lives like you have to you have to work really hard to stop thinking about somebody who means a lot to you this song is also just really easy but also really lovely to sing along to um as soon as they go into the pre-chorus and it's like do not ask the price i pay i must live with my quiet rage tame the ghosts in my head and it sounds so much worse when no one else is here to be like yeah kiara like that's not bad like you can kind of sing when it's just me i'm like holy shit why do i ever start this podcast in the first place anyways um it's got uh, it's got a great feel to it i think this was uh, a huge song off this record uh and i love it very much that's that's all she wrote fam that's all she wrote so I won't lie to you guys, this next segment is going to be very short because there's only one song I really don't love off of this uh, record. And even still, I kind of have been going back and forth as I've been prepping. Um, so Broken Crown, 
Broken Crown is the song that we base the drink off of for today. Been drinking my Crown Rose. It's delicious. It's also strong as hell. So I needed to talk about it. You know, it's like if I'm going to have a drink based off of Broken Crown, I need to at least acknowledge it. Like it would be rude. Be rude of me at this point. Okay, so my beef. My beef with Broken Crown. Again, it's not 100% grain fed beef. It's more so like I saw them live and I saw them play thistle and weeds if you haven't heard sign no more go back and listen to thistle and weeds it's definitely more of a heavier more of that like wilder mind era of mumford and sons but still very folk and one that just like goes so fucking hard like it literally you don't see it coming and then like marcus mumford is on the drums and he fucking goes ape shit and then there's cymbals crashing and there's guitar and the piano and everything just goes nuts in that song and Again, if you're more of just like a true folksy fan, you might not like that that sort of thing. But me, because I, I love pretty much all types of music, I was like, oh, that's so cool. They're bringing in something totally different and they really like go for it. Like they they really flip the switch on you kind of um, three quarters of the way through the song. And they're like, no, 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 we're just going to we're just going to, you know, melt your faces a little bit. I just I wanted them with this song with Broken Crown. I wanted them to do, to do the same thing. Like it's almost like they kept approaching the face melting stage, but then they were like, no, 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 save it, save it. Like hold back. Like don't, don't go too much. Like, and I'll kind of like, just make up your fucking mind. You know what I mean? Like as much as I appreciate you guys being so diverse, I also like want, like if you're going to like tease me with this, like face melting shit, just like fucking go for it. Um, can you guys tell when the F-bombs start to drop that that's when the alcohol point has become critical? Because I can. Um, well, speaking of the F-bomb, this is one of their songs where they actually do curse in it. Like he says, I like something I took the road and I fucked it all away. So it does get a little bit heavier. It's not going to be one that I go back to all the time. I don't like hate it, hate it, but I really only listen to it when... I'm listening to the album in full. Like I would never be like, oh, I'm going to go listen to Broken Crown. Um, it's only because I'm listening to the the Babel vinyl or I'm prepping for the pod. Like Ghosts That We Knew in Lover's Eyes and I Will Wait, I'll listen to in isolation. Ha, huh, see, quarantine jokes. Um, this one I won't. So that's why I'm going to call it out as probably my least favorite off the record. Okay, so me, Kiara, we have reached the critical point in the podcast and we need to give... Babel by Mumford and Sons, a rating out of five Crown Rose cocktails. I guess before I go into my rating, what I want to say about this record is I think it was a tremendous sophomore album. I have this like weird love for sophomore records because you know when you put out or I'm like saying you as if you are all artists, which you very well could be. So don't let me take that away from you. For an artist who puts out a debut album, you've kind of got nothing to lose, right? You're expectations are fairly low because no one's ever really heard of you before and you're just trying to put out a piece of work that represents you as an artist and that you think people will love and Mumford and Sons definitely did that with Sino More they told everybody Mumford and Sons was here to be the driving force behind folk and they put it out and it was wildly successful so when you have a wildly successful debut album that sophomore record becomes even harder and I really admire artists second efforts because it's like they put almost 200% of the effort into it knowing that they need to one-up themselves the amount of sophomore records that we've done on this uh this podcast even like back to black is a sophomore album I like it when you sleep for you're so beautiful yet so unaware of it these are such strong records I believe because the artist knew what their fans were going to expect knew what the critics were going to expect but also had these high expectations of themselves that they needed to top and then they did and not everybody is as, is as successful but I do believe that Mumford and Sons are one of those bands that was very successful I believe that this is a quintessential folk album um and yes 
I don't really listen to Mumford and Sons anymore, but it is still one that I appreciate. So based on the fact that I think it's such a strong sophomore effort and coupled with the fact that it's maybe not going to be one I go back to all the time and I probably couldn't listen to it for the rest of my life. I'm going to give it a four out of five. I think it's an amazing record. I would highly encourage you guys to check it out. I also know that it's not going to be for everybody because not everybody likes folk music, but if you're interested in getting into it, I think it's a great starter for anybody who wants to learn more about that genre. Four out of five crown rose drinks for Marcus Mumford and the Mumford. (laughs) Oh my God. Marcus Mumford and the boys of Mumford and Sons. Thank you guys for sticking with me throughout the podcast. I know that it was probably a little bit weird to listen to. Um, You're used to me at least going back and forth and having hopefully witty banter with people. Um, And I do have to say, you know, doing this by myself right now tonight was a very strange experience, but I'm happy that I did it because doing the podcast makes me super happy. And in these strange, strange times that we're living in right now, um, keep doing the things that make you happy because it's really easy to get lost in, uh, the negativity of everything going on around us. And we need those things to keep us positive. And so I just feel so much lighter and so much happier in doing the podcast. And I hope everybody is staying super safe. I hope everybody is staying super healthy. Please stay home, do your best. It's going to be over soon. The sooner we can flatten the curve, the better. Um, And I really appreciate everybody listening. This has been so great. Thank you so much for sticking with me through this. I know it was weird and I'm hoping the next one will be better as I get used to it. Make yourself a crown rose cocktail and kick up your feet and have a good night. Make sure to subscribe if you like what you hear and leave some comments as well for me. It really does help me out. And thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon.